0: Well, my wife and I have not yet reached the grandparent stage. A disturbing number of our friends and relatives have. Still, they tell us that once you get over the numbing shock of the title itself, being a grandparent is actually a lot of fun. Every now and then you get to entertain some adorable little people, fill them with cake and ice cream, play with them, and take them on exciting adventures. Then, just when they are thoroughly overstimulated, you hand them back to their parents, who happen to be your own kids playing their new and unfamiliar role of responsible adult. As the SUV drives away with the kids just about to boil over, you whisper to your spouse, payback. In the financial landscape of 2019, the Federal Government and Federal Reserve are playing the parts of overindulgent grandparents. The markets are cast as the overstimulated grandkids, and investors are left with the the role of responsible adults, having to make rational choices and knowing that they will eventually have to deal with the consequences of too much stimulus. While the Federal Reserve's apparent plans to cut interest rates have gained the most attention recently, it's worth reflecting on just how much fiscal stimulus has also been applied to the economy. Last week the Treasury Department released its budget numbers for the first nine months of the fiscal year, showing a deficit of $747 billion, compared to $607 billion over the same period a year ago. For the full fiscal year, which ends on September 30th, we now estimate a deficit of roughly $950 billion, or 4.5% of GDP. Not only is this an enormous deficit in absolute terms, but particularly huge given the state of the economy. Traditionally, the deficit rises and falls with unemployment, both because of the effects of business conditions on revenues and because of attempts by the government to boost an economy in recession. However, we estimate that this fiscal year, for only the second time in over 70 years, the federal deficit as a percent of GDP will exceed the unemployment rate. The only other time that this was the case was in fiscal 2009 when both the Bush and Obama administrations made dramatic attempts to stabilize the economy and financial markets in the wake of the great financial crisis. However, not to be outdone by the excesses of the federal government, the Federal Reserve has its own plans, ostensibly to boost inflation, but more obviously boosting asset prices. And as testimony last week, Chairman Powell made it clear that, barring some dramatically positive events, the Fed will cut short-term interest rates on July 31st. Again, this seems remarkable both because of the degree of monetary stimulus already in the system and the relatively benign environment into which this stimulus is being introduced. Both the bond market and stock markets have been thoroughly stimulated by this cocktail of monetary and fiscal stimulus, with the S&P 500 up now over 20% year-to-date, and the 10-year Treasury yield down more than 50 basis points since the start of the year. However, investors should be just a little nervous about all of this. First, while all this stimulus has boosted financial markets, it does not appear to have had any lasting effect on the long-run growth rate of the U.S. economy. Data due out this week on retail sales, housing starts, and industrial production should continue to show a deceleration in real GDP growth over the second and third quarters as the economy quickly downshifts to a 2% real growth pace. This, in turn, is contributing to slower profit growth. This week, 57 S&P 500 companies will report their second quarter numbers, and when the season is done, we expect S&P 500 operating EPS will be up by less than 5% year-over-year, compared to 27% year-over-year in the second quarter of 2018. Second, very easy monetary and fiscal policy in the late years of this expansion suggests that we will enter the next recession whenever that occurs, with a budget deficit already close to $1 trillion and short-term interest rates already below 2%, This will leave little scope for further fiscal or monetary stimulus to reinvigorate a recessionary economy. Finally, the S&P 500 now sports a forward PE ratio of 17.1 times, about 6% above its 25-year average, despite today's very high margins and strong economy. In addition, while interest rates have backed up a little in recent days, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond is still just 2.12%, essentially at the same level as core CPI inflation, which is 2.13% year-over-year in June. While these rich valuations say nothing about the timing of any market correction, they do limit potential gains from here. This suggests that investors need to be realistic about market returns going forward and that they should make sure they have some exposure to assets, such as many international stocks, that will receive less of a boost from fiscal and monetary stimulus. In short, like it or not, investors need to assume the role of responsible adults. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. If you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative.
1: This content has been produced for information purposes only The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production.